0: Cut it, cut it, cut it. Welcome to the NZ Ahead podcast. Everything you need to know about moving to and living in New Zealand. There's a whole world here. So nice to be with you again. We call it Otero around here, bro. Uh-huh. You'll be right. We are your hosts, Liz and Brian. Amazing New
1: Zealand in the southern seas. See, that's where I belong. That's home.
0: So yeah, she, she absolutely loves it. So I just said, She's well... found her place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She just mm. found her place. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, we're here to talk about talented and gifted children. Yes. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No problems at all. I can't believe that we have been friends for, what, knocking on 10 years, something yeah. like that, isn't oh, it? More than that, I- think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and now I finally get to sit down and find out exactly what you do yeah and yeah just you're going to bring so much value to this conversation because anyway I'm not going to talk anymore I just want you to introduce yourself and say who you are and let's just go from there awesome awesome well my name's Kim Um, Liz and I we met
1: um, through homeschooling I made the decision to homeschool my son and then that as it does, rolls on to all the other children. Um, I've got three kids, um, two of them are away from home now. One's my son's in the army, he's 20, and my eldest is um, just completing her master's in uh, heritage studies. So she's a bit of a museum history buff. Yeah, so um, really proud of them. And my youngest is 14, she's at high school now. So um, I made the decision to go back into teaching, and I... Work with a trust for gifted education, Mm. and I've been there for four years. Right. So that's me in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Hang on a minute, lady. Hang (laughs) on a minute. Let's wind back. Good talking. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) (laughs) So, first of all, when I met you, you were homeschooling. Yes. You were were like my homeschooling hero, to be honest, because (laughs) you were homeschooling your Well, Ruby was a little bit young, but you were homeschooling your two at the time, weren't you? Yes. Yeah, that's right. But you were. Before that, you were a, a, a principal, a, a deputy principal? I was, yes, yeah. How come you didn't say that? Don't let that go. That's important. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a whole other life. <laughs> so you were a deputy yeah, yeah. principal? Yeah, so I, I trained as a teacher.
1: Okay, we'll wind it back. Well, I trained as a teacher and uh, was primary school teaching, and um, my career me to, led me mm-hmm. to a uh, city school here in New Plymouth mm-hmm. um, as a deputy principal. Mm. And, um, but then when I had my family, I, I pulled away from my career a little bit and, uh, yeah, went into homeschooling after mm. that. So, yeah, but that was quite a while ago. That was a while <laughs> it ago. It does feel
0: like a whole other life. Yeah. 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 Can I just ask you? I mean, this isn't, a, this is more of a New Zealand podcast. You know, we're talking about New Zealand, but <laughs> yes. I'm so fascinated with homeschooling. And I'm sure you've asked this question, answered this question loads of times before, but being a deputy principal at a school, what, 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 what made you homeschool? Um
1: depends which day you ask me. I, I, <laughs> some days I felt like I was kind of bullied into it. I, I felt that I had put a huge amount of effort into the students that um, I came across in my career. And they really mattered to me. And I, I worked really hard to make sure that their needs were being met. And when I saw one of my own children whose needs weren't being met, it made me pause and think, what am I going to do? You know, what Mm. am I going to do? And so we we went down some avenues of um, finding out how to get more support for him in school. And um, those really came to a head where I felt I was a a little bit in a corner. I thought, I don't know what else to do. I'm Mm. going to have to teach him myself. And that was a really hard conversation. He was in the school that I had been deputy principal at. And it was a really tough conversation because fundamentally I was kind of saying to them, I think I can do a better job. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and that wasn't a conversation that was easy for me to have. I, I have huge, huge ups for um, mass education for the institution, I guess, in that they've got a lot to deal with. Mm. They've got limited resources. Um, and it is there to educate the masses. It's there to educate large groups of children. Mm. That That's what the whole system is based on. So after that conversation, I, I pulled him home. Um, he has uh, he had been diagnosed with auditory processing disorder, which is just um, rife, really. It's it's everywhere. What but, does that um, mean? So uh, processing disorders are the way that your brain takes in information, and has happened to be auditory. So he he had very very little. We still joke about this now. He's twenty years old. He had very little working memory. So in a classroom, if he's overloaded with stimuli and overloaded with instruction and, and you know, if the teacher said, uh, go and get your writing book out, leave it on your desk, head up with today's date, put your pen beside it and come meet me on the floor, he was with pen. I got pen. Yeah. And he missed everything else. And so that, he took a real knocking with that. Right. And so I thought, you know what, let's try something a bit different. Hmm. And uh, so we brought him home and poor kid, You would think that uh, being a teacher is a good thing for homeschooling, but (laughs) I learned very quickly it's actually not. And some of the best homeschoolers are not teachers, I'm telling you (laughs) that now. Everyone around you goes, oh, you're a teacher, that's really good. But actually, there's a lot of unlearning you need to do about how learning takes place and what that looks like in the um, – because it's it's really intimate and really – well, you'll know. <laughs> you'll know it's it's full on, you know. Yeah. And in the hurdy burly of a classroom, um, it's it's less so. And so, poor kid, he started with a whiteboard in front of him with the days, you know, spelling at ten,
0: mm. yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, handwriting at ten. Yeah. I look back now and I cringe. I think, oh, poor oh kid. no,
0: you did a great job. But
1: it was part of all of our yeah. our journey. And um, and once I let go of all of those rigors of school. That's when we really started to take off
0: and do Mm. some really cool things, yeah. Because how long did you homeschool for in all in all? Oh, 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. Mm. Same as me. It's a long Mm. time, isn't it, Kim? It's a long time. I hope they're going to be grateful when they grow up. (laughs) I think they have waves <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks yeah. for that I understand
1: now what you're I, I, my 14 year old just said to me I understand what you were trying to do yeah so that's a
0: big breakthrough moment you know you I know. mean I'd like I say not now but I'd love to talk to you come back and talk to you because about the homeschooling side because for one thing in particular people always say don't they If I was a teacher, it would be easy. So I'd love to get your story about (laughs) that because you were a teacher. But anyway, today we're going to be talking about the talent and gifted side in education. But before we jump into that, can I just say it's really funny because when you were just describing your son Kieran and you were saying that he could only take one uh, instruction at a time, how does he get on now then in the army? I know know? exactly, right? (laughs) So and he still
1: says, "Remember, Mum, no working memory." so the thing that we found about him is that the more structure there is, the better it is. Ah. Oh. So he was put into an advanced class actually when he went, but he just he chose that he wanted to go and have a try at intermediate. His first year at intermediate was fabulous; he absolutely flew. Second year at intermediate struggled, and he was put in the top stream in that intermediate class. And so they were their whole program was thrown wide open, and he has struggled. Um, he went in at the top stream. Um, first year at high school and again it just it wasn't him and he came back home and, yeah. and homeschooled for the for the rest of uh, his, his high school journey yeah um oh I've gone off the question what was oh yeah so what we found was one of the things we got him to do was martial arts oh right and martial arts is something where they say you know, do it this way, move this way. This is the sequence. This is and and he absolutely blossomed. Did he? And then we put him into cadets, which introduced him to army life, and again he absolutely blossomed. He's a he's a person that says, "Tell me how to do it. Tell me how you want it to look. I will mm. I will do that." Mm. And so the army life for him has been, has been a, a perfect match. Mm-hmm. And and as he's gotten older, he can strategize around around the shortcomings. You know. Yeah. Um, and he does that very, very well. Yeah. yeah. He's actually a, he's a he's a bright kid. But uh, yeah, he needed the right environment.
0: That's brilliant. So, that's, yeah. that's that's so interesting. I love hearing stories like that, you know, like how do they where are they now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he's in the army. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but who would have known, hey, all those years oh, ago. Absolutely. When you Absolutely. think, you know, oh yeah, it's it's almost like you label it as a as a problem, but actually, it's is a strength. You know, exactly. you want people like that in the army, don't you? Exactly. You know?
1: <laughs> and if you take that concept and move that into talented and gifted, um, or gifted and talented, then you're on the right track. Yeah. Because things that can be problems are actually strengths. Right. Yeah. And and with any. You know with any special need
0: yeah 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 so let's jump into the um the the talented and gifted side of things and i've got to admit here i i know nothing about this subject so what i've done is i've i've i put it out to our our private community Fabulous. our new zealand yeah. calling community and they came back with some questions and said oh could you just ask this people yes. who are yeah. you know and i just can't wait to find out more about it but First of all, what is talented or gifted? Cool,
1: cool. Uh, Yeah, let's unpack it a little bit. Um, So I'd separate the two of them. We don't use the word talented at all. Talents are something you develop. It's the good old 10,000 hours, you know, learn to play golf, you know, and and get better at it. It's something that you select and choose. It's something that, yes, you have strengths in, but it's something that you work at to to grow your skill and strength in that area. So it's something you can manipulate right um whereas giftedness is is a neurodiversity it's it's a part of it's the way that your brain works it's something you're born with and it's going to be a part of you for your life and it often comes overlapped we call them twice exceptional um it comes overlapped with um, other exceptionalities like um the asd spectrum the uh, auditory spectrum Um, sorry autistic spectrum (laughs) back on auditory the autistic spectrum um it can um also include dyslexia it can include all sorts there's i mean there's there's lists of of exceptionalities that um, that our wonderful brains can be overlapped with Mm. and so for each gifted student it could look quite entirely different so giftedness comes it's not just bright kids Um, bright kids are we include bright kids we include um, advanced knowledge in certain areas but they're certainly not all going to be astrophysicists they're all not going to be incredible mathematicians um, they some of them are, if you look at creat- um, creative people out there that are also gifted they are your musicians they are your writers mm-hmm. they are your <clears throat> you know your politicians they are the people that play incredible tennis they are um, you know the Novak Jokovic is of this world, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we see his incredible brain and and the uh, what that brings as part of his. But he's a tennis player, and his tennis playing is where his his giftedness um, has come out. But the brain that he has has so many different um, layers to it in terms of how he approaches justice and and social awareness and all those sorts of things. So what we're looking for in gifted students is we're actually looking for a set of characteristics rather than an um, IQ.
0: right? And
1: that's the main difference. So giftedness is a neurodiversity that you're born with. Um, it often comes with lots of other um, intricacies and, yep. and exceptionalities. Um, and it's something that you learn... To grasp its strengths and use its strengths, and um, sometimes it can come with uh, a lot of our students are um, socially, you know, they struggle socially. So it's learning how to be who they are, think the way they think, and fit, you know, with, with other mm, people. So, mm. so that's basically the difference. Right. Okay.
0: Yeah. Mm. Wow, Uh, so you don't don't use the word talented anymore. So it's Uh, just we don't simply because. Is that um, just New Zealand or just you or your
1: internationally? Oh, it's um, international. Yeah, yeah. Talent talent is something that um, has grown. Yeah, yeah. Is practiced. Um, Yes, you have a strength in it, and yes.
0: Sorry, that's (laughs) just my dog just barging through the door. I love that she opens the door herself. She does. She just jumps up and opens the door. Let me just close it. Morty girl. She's beautiful. (laughs) Thanks. Classic. Do you want to sit there? Don't sit there wagging your tail then. Um, Where were we? So... What did I, what, what was I just saying? Talent, the word talented, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and so you can be gifted and talented. Yeah. Very rarely <laughs>
0: are you. Did I not? Kim. <laughs> Go on, very rarely what? Very rarely are you, I apologise. That's all right. my, my dog's just right to the show anyway, so that's fine.
1: <laughs> very rarely um, are you. Oh, what was I saying? You can be gifted and talented, but you're not necessarily gifted if you have talents in certain areas. Got it. Yeah. So if, you're, it. if you've if you got a, a child who's really strong in maths, doing exceptionally well in maths, they're bright. They're bright and they're doing well in maths. It doesn't necessarily mean they're gifted. Oh. So we are looking for characteristics of giftedness, like um, an incredible sense of justice, like um, oh, there, <laughs> there's... there's let me think. Um, so the the characteristics of giftedness kind of speak to who you are right. rather than what you know so we're not talking about filling our gifted students with more um, knowledge in areas we're talking about the way that they approach their their creativity their their depth of thought their questioning their sense of humor their those sorts of things right,
0: okay kind of
1: pertain to what giftedness is right. rather than those things that just say that you're really good at a particular subject area yeah
0: yeah I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because I thought that, uh, you know, gifted kids were, like you say, the ones that could finish a mass test in 30 seconds sure. flat, like, you know, or, yeah, yeah. just, I, I never thought about, like you've just said, It's yeah. lots of different aspects of it. Can I just go back a minute and just ask, because um, I just want to make the story clear. You finished homeschooling and then you went back into education. Did yes. you go back as a teacher or did you go, t- just tell me about that quickly. Yes.
1: So the interesting thing is that I don't work for the Ministry of Education, so I'm no longer in the, in the official. Um, New Zealand schooling system. What I work for is I work for a trust which was founded by a woman um, who is now our CEO who has an exceptionally gifted uh, two gifted students and she came to New Plymouth for um, her husband's work and thought what am I going to do with, with my kids you know they put them into school And um, they had needs that just weren't even being touched the sides of. Mm. And so um, she thought, let's get something going. Let's, Let's create something. So she started the trust and they started with what they call an extension afternoon where they had, I think they started with seven kids for a couple of hours where they met. Because a, a big thing about giftedness is meeting like minds. Mm. So they, you bring together other gifted students and they get together and they do some extension work together. And and, um, and that was how it started, but it's certainly moved a very long way right. from there. So I work for this trust. Um, we spent a number of years, I think six years, um, the trust spent using a curriculum that was written by a national um, business that uh, specifically for gifted students and then last year we went off on our own we wrote our own curriculum and we're we're now in control of our own referrals to our program and now the program has 122 students and wow. yeah and a staff of 9 so it's it's grown yeah exponentially
0: and that they she, I remember at the time she had hunted you didn't she she yeah. was like yes, come on yeah, yeah. how did she find you how
1: did she well um, they put it, just like any job, they put out applications, right. you know, and um, I'd heard about it and because I felt like I, because of my homeschooling, I felt like mainstream teaching didn't match me any, I I, I was just not back in the system. I couldn't see myself back in that box of the, of the system and it had changed a lot since I had, you know, 10 years since I'd come out yeah. and um, I wasn't sure that what it had become was where my passion was lay and so this opportunity came up and i thought man this is perfect because Mm -hmm. it's working with in special education with a particular set of neurodiverse students and so you can really passionately involve yourself and our classes are small we only have 16 a maximum of 16 and um, we're not because we're not with the ministry we can work in the parameters ourselves you know right. we don't we don't have to fit we don't have to test we don't have to um the way that we assess students growth is completely different that our, our schedule is completely different we can bring experts in we can do all sorts of things mm. that we you can't do in a mainstream sort of classroom sounds
0: like a really cool version of a homeschooling club it kind of <laughs> is it, it actually kind it sounds of sounds like is. the club you always wanted to go <laughs> I, to I, I think it's
1: because I've come from a homeschooling background that I that I kind of think you know that's the way that it's sort of gone for me. Yeah. And and un, well, fortunately or unfortunately for the trust, when new teachers come on, then I bring them into, you know, we need to we need to think that we're no longer in, in the system. We need to create our own space environment and we need to meet the needs of the students. Yeah. And they're so diverse. If you meet any one of our gifted students, they'd all look completely different, yeah. you know, from the extremely artistic that can't write to the extremely physical, you know, um, sporting kids, to the political activists, to the, you know, you, they, they're they so diverse. And the, the incredible thing is, is that they come and they're so accepting of each other's differences. Right. And that's what you're wanting to grow, you know, and yeah. then they're learning about themselves and how they could fit. And it, it gives them a space to breathe because we find, especially with our gifted girls for some reason, they, they underplay at school and a lot of them are underachieving. So they're quite difficult to um, identify right. because of that. Yeah,
0: There's so many questions I want to ask you here. And first of all, I'm just going to ask you, how old are these kids? If you dream of moving to New Zealand, then you are going to love what I'm about to share with you. Twelve years ago, when me and Bri emigrated to New Zealand, we were scouring the internet trying to find any information that we could about what our life would be like when we got here. And basically all we had was YouTube. So we made this vow. We said, when we get to New Zealand, we're going to create something that we can share with others that answers those questions that you're so desperate to know about. Like, what is your life going to be like when you get here? And that's what I'm here to offer you today. We have created a five day free, absolutely free video guide that shows you what it's really like to live in New Zealand. This stuff is unique and it is Fabulous. You are not going to find it anywhere else on the internet. And like I say, it's absolutely free. You'll be sent a video every day for five days and you will know what it's like in New Zealand. So head over to the website. It's www.nzahed slash free. One more time, that's www.nzahed slash free. You are going to love it. First of all, I'm just going to ask you how old are these kids? So we start our program at about uh,
1: seven. We have a few that are in at six years of age. Yeah. Um, I won't do year levels because that's just confusing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we go right through to sort of 13 so it's just just as they're finishing their what we call intermediate and going into high school um so that's our that's our range right
0: yeah why did you not yeah. go anyhow why do you not go to, through high school um
1: initially we didn't because the curriculum that we were using didn't it right. went to year eight which is your 12 13 year olds um, and that was it the other thing is is that our relationship um, in, with our schools is really important. Once you get into high schools, kids have got different schedules and programs and timetables. And the logistics of withdrawing, because our students are withdrawn from their schools for one day a week. Yeah. They're with us one day a week. Yeah. The logistics of doing that on a revolving timetable with all different teachers and different subjects and um, is really difficult. Yeah. It is... Um, when I lose my year eights into high school it's it's really hard and they like feel like they're stepping into the big abyss, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And so it's definitely on our radar. It's it's something we want to expand into in some way. We don't know how. Right. Yet. Yeah.
0: now let me just go back so you've this this wonderful woman comes to new plymouth and starts this 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 fantastic homeschooling club (laughs) for gifted children (laughs) starts this 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 program that you're you're, you're, you've part of it and you've grown yes how do you so so you say it's not part of the ministry so it's not part of the school system in new zealand so how did you get the students where did you get them from
1: so this is quite a vital part of what we do. Um, we have a relationship with all of our, what we call our cluster schools. So the schools find out about us and they we go to them, we tell them about the program, we tell them what we do, we tell them what we can do for their gifted students. Um, once they decide that, that uh, they have an obligation for gifted students, in New Zealand schools, yes. And the ministry have have had quite a push for um, gifted students and for uh, meeting their needs. And so there is an obligation that they have now that they didn't have quite so much before to meet the needs of their gifted students. And you're always going to have some schools that go, yep, we feel like we're we're covering that really well. Other schools, especially once we do some work with the staff, they're saying, oh, they hadn't even touched the sides of how many gifted students could be in their classes and what they might look like. Um, Once we've gotten through that process, the school comes to us with referrals of gifted students.
0: Right, okay.
1: And so our relationship is ongoing with the school. So really one-fifth, one day a week, those students are with us, and so we have to. Um, there, there has to be a trust. There's a quite a strong bond between our cluster schools and ourselves, and yeah. they rely on the fact that um, that we're running the very best program, you know, that we can run yeah. for the gifted students.
0: What does that mean? What does cluster schools mean? What does that mean? <clears throat>
1: well, that's just our term, really. Too, it's the term that we give to our group of c- schools, right? Um, in the Taranaki region yep. that are now sending students to right. us. Yep. Okay, got it. Yep. Yep. So now we've got oh, over 80% of schools in New Plymouth right? Which who send, now send
0: students to us. That's fantastic. Sorry, mm. I'm just moving my wires because my dog is asleep on the uh, <laughs> wires. All the house she's got, and yes. she wants to come and sit next to of us course. and listen to the podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, it's life, isn't it? Ah, oh, so... Are there there other things like this in New Zealand, or are you the only one?
1: No, we're definitely not the only one. Um, There is a, um, based in Wellington, there is a company who run a curriculum, a programme, that is all throughout New Zealand. And they were basically the only ones, and they were the ones who uh, we used their curriculum Um, we have decided, and some of the the provinces have decided to go out on their own. So now if you look at, there's probably five provincial areas around New Zealand that are running their own um, programme, and then you've got the main programme which is being run in all the main centres. Right,
0: Yeah. Okay right okay is there any which i'm not naming no all right then no um yeah is there any area that you would think okay you know say if i was moving to new zealand and i had a tons of gifted child would i be looking to go to a certain area that could you know accommodate me apart from new plymouth I mean let's bring them to New Plymouth because they're going to say continue. you know exactly. it's all it. where it's, it's all happening. All yeah
1: um, well the good news is that there are a, a lot of areas that are being covered by one day probe one day pull out programs now so um, and it's not just in the main areas in the in the main centers you know Auckland Wellington Christchurch Hamilton uh, they the, the provincial areas, what you're going to find is you're going to find they're, they're there or they're not. Right. Our, we exist because one parent came to the area, saw there was nothing there mm-hmm. and created it. And she, the courage that it's taken oh, here. It's don't just you just amazing. love people like that? Oh, she's it's phenomenal. Like, you know. this is, uh, she's our CEO. Her name's Katja Eger. Um, well she's done, She's a, <laughs> a German woman. She's absolutely fantastic. Um, and yeah, I've, I'm very fortunate to be working with her and working with our board. So, The answer is not clear-cut. I couldn't give you a list and say you could go here, you could go here, you could go here. Um, Obviously, you come to where, you know, life takes you in this wonderful country of ours. Um, And at the moment, schools, like I say, have an obligation to to work with their gifted students. The word, the term gifted, unfortunately, still carries quite a... um, You know, it's the elephant in the room, really. Mm. Uh, Some people don't like... We've taken it off our, we say, advanced yet complex needs. Students with advanced yet complex needs. So there, there is that advancement in thinking, but it's really complex. And there's lots of complexities that go with that too. And not all schools understand those complexities and understand the needs of those students. So my advice would be to ask... Definitely.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, ask, it if you come to a place like Taranaki, and I know, uh, for instance, I know Dunedin has one uh, like us that's gone off on their own. So there are places, the pro- provinces around the country mm-hmm. that do run these pull programmes. Right. So uh, I guess you need to do your research. Yes, um, definitely. Otherwise, you are relying on what the schools are providing. Yeah. And we all know the, the load that they have with all the different needs of all their students. Right. So Yeah. I don't
0: envy them at all. <laughs> if I was at school, if I had a child at school and I thought this child was really gifted, would that be up to me to then seek out someone to take them further? Or is it up to the school? Or is there like a set of rules that you'll say, oh no, you didn't say it, your teacher said it, so now it's legit sort of thing. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> what we find, actually, you can put you can put
1: parents into two categories. The parents that are, are wanting the advancement, and the parents that are going, oh, no, 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 that's not my child. And right. so um, the parents that want the advancement say that sometimes don't understand the whole nature of giftedness. Um, the ones that are not sure are the ones that are often struggling with their child socially, struggling with their child's... Um, uh, how do you put it i was gonna say tantrums but that's not fair (laughs) you know but these kids can be really intense yes and their intensities are really really heightened and those heightened intensities are the things that we teach in them they we say this is what it looks like a lot of our kids have sensory heightened sensory issues um eating certain textures of food um lights sound, sometimes we're in the middle, our classroom is in an office, right. literally in an office, and if we open the windows, they can hear the cars going by, and for some kids, that's too much. Um, you know, so those kind of sensorial, heightened, over- we call them overexcitabilities, um, there are those that can't sit still, those physical overexcitabilities, and uh, my son was one of these, they need to move to learn, mm. and that's a real struggle in a in a school environment. So... A lot of times parents know that those intensities and overexcitabilities exist but they haven't put it together with their advancement they haven't put it together with this incredibly advanced thinking brain the kids uh, the intellectual overexcitabilities are the ones that ask but why but why but what yeah. what happens now but what you know those really into- and those are the kids that stand out in classes because they're always they're the ones with hands up first they're the ones that oh no i know that it goes it's not that's not yeah. right it's like this so all of those are intensities and overexcitabilities that they need to learn about how to manage how to harness uh, how to see as a positive and and not a negative. And so a lot of parents are going, oh, no, they, they're seeing giftedness as your, you know, physicists. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that's not necessarily the case. And so um, as we are working with teachers to identify what gifted kids look like, you get these aha moments with teachers where they're going, oh my goodness, that's little, what's his name? That's little young lady over there, you know. And there's these light bulb moments as I'm working with teachers in schools saying now I get it I see those three kids in my class that I just thought one's a pain in the backside because he's constantly talking constantly asking questions this one's fidgeting and moving and making noise and you know all all the time and this wee one over here is just real silent doesn't say a word and um has her head down most of the time Mm. you know kind of thing should sure, be careful about genders around that, but you know, so yeah, it's often yeah, the students yeah. that you don't think are your gifted students. And when teachers can identify that, then they can approach parents and saying, This is what we're seeing in your child. Right. What are you seeing? And we have we have um tests you know lists of questions do you see this do you see this yeah you know? yeah and and parents start to oh yes oh, Yeah. I thought I was the only one that my child was like that and so those are the ones that we're trying to grab so in answer to your question both
0: both right <laughs> both. okay
1: parents will see it and once they start getting the characteristics of what they're looking at teachers will see it and they'll start understanding the intensities and overexcitabilities, which which is that incredible gifted advanced brain. Um, You know, you've got the ones that are just stuck on Harry Potter and everything's Harry Potter or Minecraft. (laughs) That's a good one. Um, Or, you know, those kids that are intensely, intensely excitable about Greek mythology. There you go. That's that gifted brain. That's that incredible advanced brain.
0: That's going to make so many parents feel so much better. Do you realise oh, what I'd, that, what you've oh, just said? Absolutely. Yeah. Because Those, I
1: love talking to parents and they have the aha moment. They're yeah, like, oh, I just bet. He melts down because I've asked him to stop, you know, yeah. to, to stop building the Lego thing. It's time for us to go, yeah. you know, and you go, yep. <laughs> yep yeah, that's what it looks like.
0: Traditionally, like if you were, honestly, I take my hat off to you because I don't know how you do it, but it, it, <laughs> God, we'll get into that in a minute. The skills that you've got to have to, have to do your job. But traditionally, if, you, if you're in a room with a load of kids and you've Got one that won't bloody sit down because there's a train going past or whatever, you yes, know. Yes. That's just you're just labelled as naughty. Yes. That's just you are a naughty boy. Absolutely. You know, naughty boy naughty. with a lot to say. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> sit there and just do as you're told. That's yeah. the traditional thing, isn't yes, it? You know? Yes. So yeah. yeah, as you were speaking then I was thinking, wow, I love what you're saying because it, it, it is, and we see it a lot. Going back to homeschooling, yes. you see it a lot, and that's probably why they started homeschooling, isn't yes. it? Because they can see it, and they're like, "And hang on a minute, you're not going to fit into that school system." That's right. But mm. yeah, you do. You see that thing a lot where they're just intensely, you know, involved in something, and they won't stop. And they yes. everything's Harry Potter and Harry Potter this, yes. and you know, yes. I've got yeah. to wear the Harry Potter yeah. hat and the language, yeah, and the, yeah, the you language, know, yeah, yeah. God, yeah. that makes me feel so much better, yeah. and I know it's going to make so many other parents feel so much better and that is why
1: we need the program that we have and that is why gifted students won't just make it on their own because a lot of people think when they think advanced they think bright yes. brilliant minds yeah. they think they'll be fine they'll be fine they'll make it on their own mm. but the thing is they don't because they either underplay and underachieve or they're labeled as naughty or yeah you know can't sit still or or they're socially inept and so that they're, they're um they're ostracised, you know, or, or separated yeah. from their peers. Yeah, um, and that's why we, we do what we do. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And it is a special need. It, it's on the special need spectrum rather than the advancement spectrum, you know. Yes, because the intensities and the and the characteristics and behaviours that come with it um, are the thing that we are working. On yeah, so deeply.
0: Yeah. If I was a teacher and I, I I was in New Zealand and I wanted to come and work for your for your for your company, mm. what, is it called a company or, a, or what? What do you call it? Association uh, or we're a, we just call it the trust. The trust. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wanted to come and work for your trust. The program. Yeah. It's, it's called the program. Yeah. yeah. Mm. What, what what special skills would I need to need to bring? What? um Well, the interesting thing is that
1: the, the, there's two pathways. There's the pathway of just your approach. And then there's the pathway of your skill and knowledge. And um, usually you've got one without the other or possibly, you know, if I had the approach without the without the knowledge right. when I started. Yes. And so for me, it was immersing myself in learning best practice, um, especially through the process of writing the curriculum. Once we um, went off on our own, um, writing the curriculum was amazing because I got to research, you know. And Did you that, actually that,
0: write a curriculum? Yeah. You, oh, wow
1: Cam <laughs> Wow Yeah, muggins How long did that take <laughs> It you? was, oh, well, a couple, couple of lockdowns Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. <handy>. Yeah. <laughs> um, It's researching best practice it, It's learning about what's really needed here And best practice on an international level um, overlaps beautifully it, it, You know, there are some very clear guidelines about what gifted students need to learn mm. And be their best selves. And so um, that was where um, that was my changing. I think I brought homeschooling to it. And I think when I look back on it now, I think I had already released all the old school. Oh, I hesitate to say that because it's a little unfair because our schools are really trying to innovate now.
0: Right.
1: Um, and um, there's some really amazing stuff being done in schools. Let me make that clear. Mm. But for my personal. Journey. I had come away from um, the institution of school, gone through homeschooling and now really I had a real passion for some form of special ed and I didn't think it was going to be in an advanced mm. and complex students. Um the the teaching was probably when I started was the most challenging teaching I'd ever done and I've taught South Auckland, you know.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't get worse than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: which I loved also. Um but it's really, really challenging to Cut your
0: teeth for, Yeah, yeah.
1: For all the reasons that you've said. you yeah. you take you take the the three most full-on kids in a class and you bring them to me with all the three most full-on kids in that class and that oh, class <laughs> and you put them all, I don't know all you together. Um it, it's about understanding them. And the more you understand them, the more exciting it gets because you see the, these incredible minds, mm. these incredible minds. And the behaviour becomes secondary to the advancement of their of them as a learner, their skills, and, and you see the growth. You can see the growth in them. You can see the understandings in them. And, um, yeah, people who understand about gifted students – say, oh, my goodness, you've got 16 in a class. And those that don't so much say, oh, you've only got 6 so I've got 32, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so it is challenging teaching, but, oh, it's – it's. I, I adjust. The it's rewards to so that yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the further I've gone in and the more my skill and knowledge grows. I never really answer your questions, do I? Because yeah, you question did. No, you, was... answered, you answered it perfectly. <laughs> but do
0: you need – what? What uh, do you also need a special – you answered that perfectly because you told us what you need to bring emotionally to the yes, role. Yes, yes. But do you need a teacher's certificate to work yes, for your program? Yes, You do. So,
1: so we are um, trained teachers. You know, we're all trained teachers. Okay. Okay. Um, We've got one who specialised in early childhood, which is great because for our juniors and, and she has a, a more hands on sort of a, approach, which is fabulous. So we can we can use her um, in in that way for our younger students. But yeah, basically, teaching is what you need. Yes. And then as you get into the programme, then we mentor you into the um, and, and open warmth um, mm. about full on kids. You right. Know, um, yeah. and, and incredible kids. And. Then we just train on the job, you know. We're, we're trained as we as we're going. Um, beyond that, I'm really keen to do some extra study myself. From from what I've come up to, so um, there's very few teachers, the hens teeth, that are trained in gifted education specifically. Right. Yeah, yeah. So okay. so for me, it's just a lot of reading, a lot of research, and mm. a lot of. Um, and put, you know, um, on top of the practical work, day to day work. Yeah.
0: yeah, I just want to ask a couple of um, uh, uh, what's the word? I don't know what the word is. You know, like anyway, I'm just going to ask a couple of questions because I sure. can't think of the word. I hate it when they, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm 50. What can I say? <laughs> My mind's bubbly. <laughs> or <Poor> you? <Yeah. laughs> but um, so, first of all, is this a free program, or do kids have to pay to be mm. in this program?
1: So, because we um, have zero monetary support from the Ministry of Education, we run ourselves. And to run ourselves, unfortunately, it's a user pay system. Right. Because otherwise we couldn't function. Um so the way that we um work is the cluster school has a um a portion that they put in and then the parents pay per day. Right. And we've tried to keep that as low as we can and we're working all the time on scholarships. So we've got quite a few scholarship students in our in our program as well. we um, we've got a scholarship program with one particular school here that probably wouldn't put children in um, if it wasn't for that scholarship program. We know we're only scratching the surface. We've got 122 students um, this year, but we know that five to conservatively five percent, but even up to ten percent of all students in our classes. Um, are gifted Mm. and so that's thousands of students that we haven't tapped into Mm. yet Mm. and so and a lot of the barrier is paying so we do the very best we can we keep our we run on the smell of an oily rag we keep our costs down we um we have some we've had some fabulous just uh success with local um sponsorship with businesses and um, as you grow it's interesting people get to hear of you and the right people in the right places so that's been really exciting for us we've just expanded uh, to classes around south Taranaki Um, so now we're tapping into the rural sector and rural gifted students are even more isolated than urban gifted students yeah and, um, and then we've got multi gifted students that we haven't tapped into and we've got the underachievement of girls, which we're also working on as well. So there's quite a few avenues that we understand that um, paying per day for our, the students to be in our programme can be a really big deal for mm. some. Is it families. expensive? Um, so we... It, we have um, kept it at forty-seven dollars a day.
0: New Zealand dollars, forty New, New Zealand dollars, yeah, yes, which is about yeah. twenty US, uh, maybe twenty-five US, I think. Yeah, I'll you do the maths. Yeah, just for the for the US audience, yes, I know absolutely. they'll be saying yeah, yeah. yeah. And about twenty-three pounds, so yeah. yeah, that's that's good. Well, you know,
1: if if they're if they're having tutoring, at, at, you know, an hour's yeah. tutoring session, you'd be pay, paying. You pay. So that's for that. all
0: day. Yes. Yes. And what? How long is a day? Yeah um 9 to 3 that's a great, know, you're, that's, you're great. Classic, yeah. that's great yeah yeah i mean i know yeah. what you're saying that some there's some families obviously that wouldn't be able to afford yes, that absolutely what would you do for a family who were like you saw a really talented gifted yes. child and they just didn't have the money what would happen
1: and the other thing is it's not just seeing the child it's seeing the the family dynamic and the parents and often often we have parents come to us who who see intensities in their stu- in their student in their own ch- children? Yeah. Who need something? They, you know, our program is a lifesaver for some kids. It's their it's their breathing space in the middle of a, mm. of a really chaotic school week. You know, and um for uh, we get stories all the time. So we're working on pathways all the time. Our border, um, they fabulous group of people, and they um we're trying to take down as many barriers. As we can. I mean, even working with cluster schools, the rural schools, some of them are tiny little cluster schools. Yeah. And what they can provide for us is much less than what some of the large urban schools can provide. So we've had to adjust and grow.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and we're adding to our scholarship all the time, mm. our scholarship program. Um, we have some wonderful community trusts here. Who are are giving us more substantial amounts of money yeah. and they go straight into students and in progress. Yeah. So um I love that so it's about exciting. New Zealand, don't you? They oh. just
0: they're very much they want to support you, yes. don't they? Yes, and absolutely. especially with kids and things like that. I've I see it so many times it's just lovely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we we are very fortunate with the um, businesses around us that have supported us, Mm.
0: you know. You know what, Kim, just on a side note, I mean, this is nothing to do, but uh, did you read about the two lads that were busking and someone came and took all their money? No. Did you read about that? Well, he's called Sean, he's Tessa's friend, and they went busking in town in New Plymouth and some lads or some guy came up and went to put money in and scooped the whole lot and ran away with all their money. I know, isn't it horrible? Hello, I know. But do you know what? So that happened on like the Wednesday yeah. by the Friday, they were fully booked with all these gigs. So all new Plymouth businesses have pulled out and gone. You can come and sing at our place. We'll pay you. You can come and sing here. You can busk outside here. Isn't he new fantastic. World Supermarket. Like, yeah. Come out here and, and, and busk. Yeah. Honestly, it gives me yeah. goosebumps. It's yeah. just like, I love it. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it? Absolutely. And, uh, so I, I bet you're, you're, that your company is going to get so much funding in the future. Like, and you know? I think
1: the, the the bigger, as we grow, and as we get families who are saying, you know, that that this has been such an important part of of my child's growth, then then that has a, a knock on effect. Yes, exactly. You know? And yeah. um, we're so fortunate to have these wonderful community support. It's just. Yeah amazing yeah, yeah. Amazing. Oh, that's
0: lovely yeah. um I know sometimes that I, I hear you when we're having a coffee sometimes and you'll say oh it's really sad because we had a child come and they didn't get into the program or we couldn't take them into the program yes. what would what would be the deciding factor of you saying yes or no to come into the program
1: so we've we've tried to make our referral um process quite robust because it's really important to us that we've got the right students with us and mm. the students who will get the most out of the programme. And we are a limited resource programme, so we try very hard to make sure that we're tapping into the, to the right students. So either um, if the parent wants to refer, they go through the school and the school refers to us. Uh, there's a parent referral form, a school referral form. And then it comes to us and we go through, and and again, I go back to the characteristics, there are red flags that we're looking for that we go, some of them are really easy. You, oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know, you, you're definitely a fit. Others don't flag up so, so well, so we go and visit them. And sometimes we visit them in school, sometimes we get them to visit our programme and spend some hours with us and with our students. Um... We have, there's there's testing that you can do that is creative thinking testing. So it's, um, you know, a classic I'll give you a circle, I'll give you a page full of circles. I want you to um, draw as many pictures within the circles as you can that tell a story. And the kids who's thinking um, that that aren't out of the box thinking, they'll draw a sun, and they'll draw a mm. um, ice cream cone, and they'll draw a you know those, I draw uh, yeah a clock a <laughs> clock face It's an orange yeah 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 an orange yeah I <laughs> put a leaf on it and it's an apple you know because those are the the I always joke with my students that that would probably be what I would do. Um, but the students that um, have that more diverse thinking or that more out-of-the-box thinking, they're going to be um, cutting it in half and creating a hamburger. They're going to be, um, oh, yeah, you know, the, the stuff that they do out, yeah. is uh, tell, like telling a full story God. around this little picture with a circle, you know. and um, Or they use it in a much bigger context. Yeah. And you're going, there's that thinking. Yeah. There's that out-of-the-box thinking. And there's plenty of... Um, you know, a tree has fallen on a car, and they show the picture to the student. And they say, "What what's happened?" And they said, "Oh, there was a storm, and the tree fell on the car, and it squashed the car." Um, whereas a gifted student might say something along the lines of, "The tree sneezed." <laughs> the, the, the tree sneezed <laughs> and the car and the car came with a tissue to save it but then the tree fell you know those yeah, sorts of yeah. you know those sorts of out-of-the-box thinking so um th- those are the sorts of things so we've got we've got a little toolbox if you like right to really unpack the um because even very introverted students if you're testing very introverted students or if you're meeting with them they don't always give you um enough for you to say yep mm. this is a fit for you mm. but just because they're quite an introverted doesn't mean they're not a fit for our program right so um so it's it's having multiple tools that you can use mm. to identify you know and the other interesting thing is you look at a, a parents referral and you look at a teacher's referral and you could swear they're talking about two different kids really because often our gifted students don't show school what they see what the parents see at home Mm. Um, or vice versa, you know. So, so there's there's things that we and Kutch is amazing. Um, she she has a very a, a very clear flag system. Yeah, you know, yeah. Go, oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, oh, I was going to ask if they. I've got one of my questions is, do they get extra credits or anything on like towards their exams or anything? You can if, answer it uh, now. Yeah, they, they. So that doesn't no. 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 Okay, <laughs> alright, let's move on then. <laughs> um,
1: you could. You know, there are other ways and means of doing that. Yes. So uh, some of our gifted students go into um, advanced maths programmes. For instance, if maths is their thing or if science is their thing, they their parents may take them into advanced maths and science programmes. That's not what we do. Right. I'm not an astrophysicist. No. And so what we do is we we are teaching well being. Um, being who you are learning to be and then we're teaching critical and creative thinking that's what our program entails Mm. it has nothing to do with um, more knowledge in the areas of strength necessarily okay
0: yeah so no I've got a question here that um, someone asked from like I say our private New Zealand community and she just said for kids that are mildly gifted would you recommend public school or private school she lives in the US so yeah
1: um, the word mildly gifted is, is the one that uh, that pops up for me because going on what we've already talked about, giftedness yeah. is a neurodiversity in your brain. It's something that you're born with. Uh, it's the way you think, the way you um, perceive the world. And so being mildly perceiving of the world <laughs> or, yeah. or mildly out-of-the-box thinking, it, do, it doesn't really happen that way. Mm. You either do have a gifted brain or you have other neurodiversities that may not may not be um, down the gifted pathway. So um, I think when they're talking about being mildly gifted, they're talking about um, that they're advanced. That right. Their, their child is advanced. Yes, yeah. So I guess that the answer would be look for the other characteristics. So if you you can get online and you can look at all the characteristics of giftedness. Okay. And. Um, and it's really quite fascinating because you, you can see where your child may fit. Mm. Um, and with those th- those leadership things or those, you know, the sense of humor or the, um, the questioning or the curiosity or the obsession about, you know, a particular topic or subject, um, all of those things, those overexcitabilities we've talked about and sensibilities, those uh, exist because of your gifted brain so the the argument about state school versus private school, it really comes down to what is going to fit best for your individual yeah. student. Yeah. because there is no there'd be no generalisation saying every gifted student is so diverse that I know here in New Plymouth the um, or in Taranaki as a whole, the um, high school options are quite narrow because we're small in mm. a province. But there are some definite differences between the high schools about their approach, and some of them really fit well for those really diverse learners. Right? Um, yeah. So, so um, yeah,
0: the just, short answer uh, yeah. is
1: perf- per, uh, personal preference. It, yeah, yeah, that's what And, I and asking the questions about about their uh, gifted program. Mm. Yeah,
0: because to me, you just think, okay, well, if I had a child who was absolutely brilliant at maths, like let's mm-hmm. just say maths and science, you you, you would just think, oh. We'll just get, I'll, I'll go in and I'll say to the teacher, just give them more homework yeah. or, you know, just like yeah. d- 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 you want them to be pushed, I suppose, don't you? Because yes. the. That that would be my fear is if I had like a, a child that was, like I say, brilliant at maths and they would just like sit in there twiddling their thumbs waiting for the whole class waiting to finish, yes. sort of thing. Yes. But like you say, maybe then that would the answer there would be maybe just to give them extra tuition outside just in maths, because yes. that's what but what you're saying is the giftedness is just the whole there's a lot more to it than that, isn't that's, there? That's right. Yeah. That's
1: right. Um a lot of a lot of problems arise with our really advanced students around the idea of boredom at school Mm. so that um, in their areas of expertise and um, passion they do spend a lot of time waiting and um, we strategize around that what that looks like and how that feels and and what we can do um, in terms of the students self-advocating and going into school and saying could I I've brought this could I the the sad thing is is that it does come down to parents and students to be able to um, grow their own programme outside, mm. outside of the four walls of yeah. school, which is um,
0: yeah, a sad reality. Yeah. But there's only so much a school can do, Cam. Yeah, you know?
1: yeah, that's right. And the, the pressure that they're under um, oh, resource-wise yeah. and the, the diversity of the students that they're dealing with yep. um, and, and the you know society as a whole. It's, yeah. So I, I certainly know that I'm in a privileged position because I am working with a very specific group of students and um, so I can really focus in on the needs of those specific students, mm. whereas when you're in a, a in a class of thirty something, yeah. you know, then um, I think New Zealand schools are getting better at bringing at using a program like ours, right. bringing in specialists from outside, and um, and supporting what's happening within the school i yeah. think i think there's there's a big improvement yeah oh that's grand that. yeah yeah
0: no i've got i've got a huge amount of respect for for schools and teachers Yes, you absolutely. Know, i really have As because do I. Yeah, yeah you just think God.
1: and um, with our gifted students they do tend to sit back and they say you know feed me like a little bird feed me yeah. feed me feed me i want more i want more and so what i try to teach especially i teach the senior students so uh, sort of 11 12 13 year olds I so say you have to meet halfway, so you, you have to, when you're saying this is boring, um, it's not good enough just to sit back and expect someone to change that for you, this is boring means you're not being fed, which means you then need to think, what can I do, what can I bring, and that's a lot of, um, you know, for parents out there of, of uh, gifted and intense students, it's self-advocacy, mm. it's resilience. It's um, finding strategies and ways to improve the situation. Um, It's approaching teachers halfway, you know, meeting them halfway and saying, you know, I don't do, can I not do spelling lists? Spelling lists is one of those ones that pop up all the time. Um, They can spell like adults, you know, and they can certainly find what they need to find, where Mm. they need to find it. So the rote learning of spelling lists becomes a real problem for them. But I say to them, don't just go and say, why do I have to do spelling? Go and say during spelling time. I have a real fascination with marine biology. Would I be able to use my spelling time to delve into the language, but under, that you know, as surrounds marine biology? Mm. Um, and you will find that teachers will discuss that with you whereas if you just go and say spelling's yeah, boring, yeah, exactly, then they're going to go off,
0: oh, you go and do your list you know, sort mm. of thing um, Oh okay. yeah. Kim, you've just brought back a, 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 a massive horrible memories <laughs> for me when you mentioned spelling do you remember when we used to go to the spelling bee at homeschooling I used to dread it every <laughs> oh, single time It wasn't competitive at all <laughs> <laughs> It was hideous, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, you'd always get that child up there that knew how to spell I don't know, in and then you had to spell it backwards. And oh you, yeah. yeah, to make it harder, let's spell backwards. Yeah, oh, and then oh your goodness. child had got that and you'd been practising for months beforehand and they'd go, how do you spell boat? And it's just like B-O-W-T, and it's like, no. You know? You're just cringing inside. <laughs> oh my god. And
1: actually it's fascinating because um, a lot, and I'm saying a lot of our gifted students, writing is not their deal.
0: No. Writing
1: and spelling is not their deal.
0: That's good to know. And so it's
1: finding ways for them to communicate that advanced yeah. thinking. And, and because that is a barrier right there at school, you know, for those kids who are on the B-O-W-T list, yeah. you yeah. know, it yeah. is. Um, and unfortunately <laughs> teachers, and I, you know, speak to myself and my homeschooling life, tend to work to weakness. If you see a weakness in the student, you want to prop that weakness up. You want to work on it and you want to strengthen it. Whereas as adults, how often do we work in our areas of weakness? God, so true. We work in our areas of strength Mm. and we avoid our areas of weakness. Mm. My husband is an incredible mathematician, an incredible accountant, and and spreadsheets are a piece of a work of art to Mm. him. I just see it as loads of numbers Mm. and a list, but he doesn't like writing letters. I can write till the cows come home. Yeah. He's I mean, he's very good at writing letters, he just doesn't particularly like doing it. It's not his area of expertise. Mm. So we avoid the things that we are weaker in. But in schools, hour after hour after hour you're working in your weak areas sometimes, you know, at yeah. times. And that's really tough. And so yeah. what we try and do is we always try and be strength based. We're always working on areas of strength. So I if you've got that. these incredible writers, then let's let's hit that. Let's let's strengthen that. Let's look at um we often talk about using expertise, you know, let's get people who are really strong in the field of writing and, and work alongside or, or um, in art, you know, let's use YouTube to, to do a step by step in a new type of shading mm. and let's work on that. So um, part of our program is them them using their strength areas and showing growth in those strength areas, so going into areas of new development that they, because they spend a lot of their time knowing um, in their strength areas so let's push them to new strength yeah. areas so uh, you know that's the flip side of the
0: the, the weakness areas
1: yeah I yeah. love that I absolutely
0: love that I wish I'd remembered that I wish I knew that when I was homeschooling because it's like I you say yeah <laughs> you do you do tend to okay that's not mum, good enough as
1: a, as a homeschooling mum teacher will know as a homeschooling mum we always look to the, the areas of weakness. Yes. Like, oh, my goodness, I've got I know. to teach them how to spell boat. Come on now. Yeah. you know. And when I look back now, if I look back on the work that we did when I was homeschooling the kids when they were younger, I think, man, we were rocking it. We were doing some yeah. really cool stuff. But I couldn't see that at the time. No. You look to the weakness. You go, oh, sure, they wrote a paragraph. And yes, it's interesting. And the writing was quite good. But where's
0: the comma? I told you about using
1: commas. You know, it's like, come on now. And you go straight to the area of weakness. And so uh, that's what we need to be thinking in terms of our gifted students. Let's work on the areas of strength Mm. because I have parents come to me and say, sure, they're really good at science ideas or they're very politically motivated, but I just want them to be able to do long division, you know. Yeah. And And so you say that will come or it won't come. Mm. But for us, let's work in these strength areas and really build them, you know, in in those strong Mm. areas.
0: I love that. Yeah. Do you know, we've been talking for an hour now and it feels oh like goodness. I've been talking for you to 10 minutes. I could go and talk to you forever. I love this topic. It's such an interesting topic and I've learned so much. But before we wrap up, I just want to, there's a couple of things I want to ask you, Famous Last Words. Be here in another I'll hour. keep it short. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry, I do get rambling. I just, No, you don't. You're perfect. But I've got so many questions that... First of all, if I was a parent and my child didn't get into your program, mm-hmm. but I felt that you know this child, I could see all these characteristics. Maybe they didn't have all of them, mm-hmm. but there was there was some. What would you tell me to? How could I how could I help my child in that area? What what could I do to um, use them to advocate? So
1: get them get them to tell you what their needs are at school. Get them to tell you where their areas of struggle is. Get them to tell you where their frustrations are. Where would they like to go further? And then, build, it's all relationship building with school. If you're building some some good, sound relationships with with school and with the teacher, um, it, and it's all unfortunately for teachers, it's all in the way that you approach. So you say, look, I just I'm seeing these areas. Could we put something in place and get a, a bit of a a bit of a program, an education program that just suits for your child in in that school and you'll find that there are many many uh, schools and teachers out there that are open to learning more about that child about okay. your child and you're the one that can give them the information that they need nice. so i'd say support them that way right find you know do a bit of your own research find out their characteristics find their needs find their find their fascinations find what works for them find a small group of areas in school where they are really struggling Assembly, I hate going to assembly mm. mum, I hate it. It, it, it really upsets me. Could it be that we don't go to assembly? Could we make that change just so there's one part of the day that they're not having to face that is a really difficult, hard thing for them to do?
0: Do you reckon New Zealand teachers would be up for that?
1: Um, again, it, I'd love to say absolutely and absolutely there are many that are. It's relationship building. Yeah, so, it's so
0: important. Go, isn't it? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Going in gently, um, asking the questions, and and then saying, "Look, this is an area of," and and then you move on to the next area. So, do your low hanging fruit first. Yeah. Do the stuff that's yeah. most important first. And sometimes you'll find with your with your child that there is one area that that is clouding a lot of stuff about going to school. And if we could change or tweak that one area then it's like a release valve or, or it lifts and the child's going on being heard. There's mm. some changes being put in place and then move on to the next, you know. You don't, mm. I know you don't want to be us as parents because I'm the same. You don't want to be the squeaky wheel. But sometimes advocating is, mm. is really important and doing it in a gentle and, and connective way with the teacher. So trying to build that relationship with the teacher.
0: I love that. Mm. I love that. And it gives me real hope because as you was talking then I was thinking, God, you know, when Sonny went to school in England, there's no way I would have had the nerve to go yeah, in yeah. and say, Oh, excuse me, can he not come to assembly because he doesn't like it? Yeah. But I know for a fact, and my kids only went to school for two years in New Zealand, yes. but I know that you could you've got you could get that relationship with the teacher in New Zealand it's a different way isn't it absolutely so yeah if you are listening to this and you've got kids in the UK or kids in America it's completely different it's just it's a more I feel like the New Zealand schools and they're not perfect I'm not saying that but I'm just saying it just feels very oh that they're more to do with the well-being of the child they try to be anyway that's the feeling I get and that's definitely
1: growing you know, yeah. well-being is, has become such a huge thing Yeah. and schools are looking for ways. And and if you look at it from, from the teacher's perspective, if there's something that is going to anchor that child in your class and is going to help them and support them, then that's only going to be good for you. Of course. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. Oh, Kim, I love you. You're brilliant. <laughs> um, I really wanted to ask you what, the, what your typical day would look like. You know, can I just ask you that before I know we're, we're running? Over but... ten, ten, ten words yeah. or less. <laughs> Basically, we're in three. I've I've pretty much covered
1: it. Actually, we, we the day is broken up into three areas. The first area is well-being, um, individual development, learning about those intensities, overexcitabilities, learning about your strength areas, all that sort of thing. So that's a whole session. The middle session is what's uh, sometimes called, we don't call it, but sometimes called passion projects or talent projects. And that's where the student selects and goes into their uh, strength area. And then we facilitate um, getting support around new learning around that. And then the last is about critical thinking. So we um, have a framework of thinking that we teach them that they can use for any project for any any approach for any subject for any and it's about delving much deeper than Mm. just scratching the surface Mm -hmm. with any research or thinking. So that's, okay. that's it in a nutshell. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember
0: once you telling me that you were going up uh, Mount Tadanaki yes. and you were doing this really cool stuff. And With I With a scientist. Yeah. It was
1: fabulous, yeah. What yeah.
0: an experience. Yeah. What, to be able to offer children that yeah, is absolutely. just fabulous. Absolutely, yeah. And I just want to say, as a friend this time, you know, I mean, it, watching you go through your journey as a homeschooler, and I know you, you know, as we all did, struggled. Ups and downs, It was definitely ups and downs, absolutely. wasn't but it? But what really stands out here, Kim, is – all that groundwork you put in as a homeschooler, other people's kids are now benefiting from that. And it's just so wonderful. You know, if someone could have told you when you were homeschooling, you were going through those days and we'd meet and we'd be crying. (laughs) Oh, we hate this. It's just so hard. What are we doing? You know, if someone said, listen, girl, in 10 years time, you're going to be working in this program and you're going to be teaching talented, uh, you know, gifted kids and you're going to be helping them. And, Oh, I'm just so proud yeah. of you. You know, yeah. because it's all a journey, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's all a journey. It's all
1: learning. Um, yeah, and same with you. You know, you and I journeyed that one together. Yeah, and
0: uh, yeah. It's and quite do you promise you'll come back and talk about homeschooling? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, a few. You... Uh, yeah, because I really want you to come. Yes, I do. I do. Yeah. You're brilliant, and I really want you to talk about the fact that you went into homeschooling as a teacher yeah oh my goodness yes yeah, yeah because <laughs> <laughs> we laugh about it now <laughs> no so you haven't heard the last of kim because she's going to come but i call her come because come. she's from new zealand okay, <laughs> <laughs> she calls me Lost. um no thank you so much darling i've really welcome. really really enjoyed this conversation fabulous yeah just loved it so thank, thank you Liz. so much thank <laughs> you kim. thank you Aww. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. We have loved having you here with us. If you love this week's show,
1: please share this with your friends. Send it to anybody you know that wants to think about moving
0: to New Zealand and get on over here yourself. Tell them how brilliant it is as well. And also, if you haven't signed up for our free five-day video guide showing you what life is like, really like, in New Zealand, then go over to the website and sign up. You are missing out. This is brilliant. Go over to www.news.com nzahead slash free and we will send you five days worth of videos about what life is like in New Zealand you are going to love it so one more time that website that you need to sign up for the free five-day guide is Ahead slash free so we're going to see you next week until then have a great week And we'll speak to you soon. Bye.
1: Bye.
0: (laughs) Say bye again. Bye. Bye.